0: Well, recently, Meta Platform said uh, they'll be offering users in Europe a subscription plan to use Facebook and Instagram without advertisements to comply uh, with European Union regulations. Now, the monthly subscription plans for users in the EU and Switzerland will cost about 10 euros for web users And for cell phone users, they'll have to shell out about €12.99 per month. Now, the EU regulations threaten to curb Meta's ability to personalize ads for users without their consent and does hurt its major uh, revenue source. Well, joining me now to talk a little bit about what all this means is Jesse Miller, social media expert and founder of Mediated Reality. Jesse, thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Uh, First of all, is this a good thing in your mind for consumers?
1: For consumers, the subscription based use of open Internet uh, is a bit conflicting because we want to be able to explore the Internet, some of us, with full anonymity and be able to subscribe to whatever we like. Uh, But we also get uh, equally frustrated when we think that our phones are spying on us and that everything we're receiving is a little bit too tailored. Um, So the EU does take some very progressive steps to make sure that your privacy is is protected, that uh, your tracking and the way that these companies um, monitor how you use the platform um, is limited. Uh, It's not whether it's good or bad. It's whether or not the user themselves thinks there's a benefit to them having uh, somewhat of a control over how they absorb open internet.
0: So in regards to the EU itself, they, this is about f- Facebook and many other social media outlets, and even tech generally, big tech generally, just having too much access to our mm-hmm. data and then selling it, is, and, and they want to curb that, or at least give you the opportunity to say yes or no.
1: Yeah, and the EU is taking a, a very needed step to really kind of give the users a bit more informed consent on how their information is used. So, you know, you're saying, hey, if you w- want to be part of this, um, you, you have to be able to um, engage every user and let them know what data is collected, how that data is used, how that data may be sold. And and again, I don't think anybody's really caring too much. It just means that their rules, regulations are something that the company has to follow.
0: Hmm. Can you ever see something like that uh, occurring in Canada? When I say the EU, you're talking about 27 countries. Uh, nearly half a billion people. Could something like that be coming to Canada and the US? I know our regulators, not that I'm saying they're not effective, they're probably not as aggressive as EU. EU probably leads the world and it's a challenge uh, of big tech. Uh, Do you see that coming here eventually in Canada?
1: We do we do see more need for for Canadians to become aware of how their information is used by companies like Meta. And the value of privacy that some of us actually see when it comes to our content is usually after something has happened uh, where we feel somewhat violated as opposed to the starting point where we open are open to becoming fully educated. So, yes, Canada could actually take a very kind of progressive step as well and align themselves more with the EU than, let's say, the United States, where the United States... Um, you know, we see certain calls for regulation when it comes to child endangerment, when we see calls for concerns to uh, threats to safety of the platform. But we don't usually see a large amount of Americans really caring about their privacy on these platforms. It's very much a convenience-based society and the idea of just let me access it. So it would be ideal that Canadians would actually probably take a privacy-first approach and be a bit more concerned about how our information is used by an American company this way.
0: Is this the yet another reminder that our relationship with big tech is evolving and some would say changing uh, n- not just this ruling uh, but others from uh, the EU uh, recently on this program we were speaking to a lawyer out of the United States one of many lawyers uh, who have taken on big tobacco and now uh, or asbestos and companies that were uh, you know producing asbestos and now they're setting their sights on big tech on behalf of parents and on behalf of school districts around uh, the United States the impact social media is having on children from mental health uh, to their studies is this the beginning of the big change in regards to our relationship with big tech
1: it, it can be. I think the, the, it's hard to do a corollary directly when it comes to, let's say, big tobacco or, let's say, firearms manufacturers in the sense of safety. We can usually kind of pinpoint a lot of scientific evidence towards how a user of uh, cigarettes for 20 years was negatively affected compared to somebody who's used social media for 20 years. It's an entirely different uh, approach to the subjectivity of the effects on an individual when it comes to their experience online, how that information was collected, and what, what it meant for them as a user to be fully informed of how their experience on that platform may have been affected by their choices see the hard part here is that when we can say uh cigarettes are bad we can say we know that cigarettes are bad for everybody what we do know from a number of studies is that it's not necessarily whether you have social media it's good or bad it's your use of it and whether or not you're already kind of navigating some pre-existing mental health issues that it can times exacerbate the issues that you're seeing So within that, when we consider whether or not there's a a call to action in that regard, big tech does need to be regulated. We do need better age gating when it comes to minor children on the platforms. And at the end of the day, unfortunately, we only do that when it comes to more extreme content like pornography.
0: Mm. Do you think we'll get to the point where social media is just banned for children, those 18 and under?
1: Well, we could see bans or we could see limitations. I mean, I've been an advocate for age-gating since, uh, you know, for over 15 years in this space where we have to really, really kind of engage how our children get onto the platforms themselves and whether parents are fully aware of the information their children have access to and also the information their children produce. But when it comes down to an age-gating in a subscription model sometimes can actually be very isolating because, one, you have oversight that kind of dictates how parents then control their children's access to the Internet, which one parent may say, I need that. Another parent may be concerned about, content but in the united states what we've seen recently is some states are now actually passing laws where children's use of social media should actually be revealed to parents now those states usually are more conservative so they're concerned about how their children are using it maybe around content or whether it's content around things that they may not morally agree with when it comes to the child's sexual uh, identification or whether it comes to their gender orientation and so in that when you have States usually kind of calling for safety pieces. Sometimes that part is very actually uh, b- blinded in that sense of let's protect kids, but now it's protecting from the bigger issues that we know exist over the past twenty years.
0: Jesse, as always, thank you for your time today.
1: Thank you, Jazz, as always.